Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Friends, pray with me. Holy God, you are the source of light that illuminates our lives. Illumine now your word that we might draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our scripture reading is Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32. Listen now for the word of God. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Welcome again to this series on parables in the Gospel of Matthew. The last two weeks, Tom preached about the parable of the sower who scatters seeds all over the place no matter where they land with the idea that we are to trust the Gospel. And he talked about the importance of the soil in which those seeds land and that the kind of soil we are really matters. In today's parable, Jesus uses the example of one kind of seed, the mustard seed. Unless you think we are going to talk about seeds this entire sermon series, I promise that after today, we're done with seeds. But they really are such a great metaphor, especially for the life of faith. And all of us can identify seeds that were planted in our own lives that others trusted would grow, and that God found fit to grow within us. But before we get into what the parable of the mustard seed is, I want to say what it is not. Most of us, when we hear a mustard seed scripture, probably think about that old adage that all you need is a mustard seed faith. How many of you have heard that or maybe said it yourselves? I know I have. All you need is a mustard seed faith. Well, that image comes not from this parable, but from later in Matthew, a few chapters down the road, when Jesus casts a demon out of a child, and the disciples come to him and say, we tried to do that. How come we didn't do it, Jesus? And he says, because of your little faith. If you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. That's where we get the idea of faith the size of a mustard seed. And I think we can't help but bring that image with us anytime we hear another passage about mustard seeds like today's parable. 
If the two stories were connected in Jesus' mind, the story of faith the size of a mustard seed and the parable about the mustard seed that grows into a tree where birds come to nest, if those two were connected for Jesus, it is not clear to us. So this morning, let's assume for a little while that they're not connected. Because with the parable of the mustard seed that grows into a tree where the birds come to nest, what that is connected to is a whole string of parables in Matthew that all begin with the words, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a sower who scatters seed. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl or hidden treasure or good fish among the bad fish. Jesus uses all kinds of images to try to convey to us the kingdom of heaven, the realm of God. And that's where today's parable, the parable of the mustard seed, finds its home, nestled among all those other parables, where Jesus uses something tiny or something hidden that has the potential to do something great. That's the genre, that's, those are the metaphors that Jesus is working with to describe God's realm. So this one tiny seed, the mustard seed, grows. It grows into the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come to nest in its branches. It's a powerful image that this tiny, tiny seed can grow into a great big tree. It's so powerful that Jesus could have ended the parable right there. Faith is a tiny seed that God can use to grow into a big, strong faith. That's powerful. And for some of us, that is a fervent prayer to grow our faith as it should be a fervent prayer. But that's not where the parable ends. Some of you know that during the pandemic, I adopted a kitten named Whiskey, and that's another story for another day. But Whiskey was two months old when I got him. He was a little fuzzy thing, and he had a lot of energy. And now he's 10 months old, and he's not so fuzzy anymore. So you'd think as he grows and becomes a regular-sized cat that he would be settling down a bit. But he's not. He's still got a lot of energy. He loves to run and to play, and he ambushes my other cat, Ollie, and he ambushes me. And if you came to my house, he would probably ambush you. He's got a lot of energy. Have I mentioned the energy? (laughs) It's a lot. Well, now that I'm back in my office at the church, Whiskey needs something to keep him occupied. There's a large window on the front of my house that looks over the yard, and it struck me one day as I watched him stalk a bird on the other side of the window that what he needs is a bird feeder to bring the birds to the yard so that he can watch and be mesmerized all day long and keep himself out of trouble. Sure enough, I got a bird bird feeder, and he has been mesmerized. 
which is all to say, I'm now learning about birds. And what do birds need? Birds need food and a source of water. Birds need a place where they can take baths. And most importantly, birds need shelter, as all of God's creatures need shelter. Birds need a place where they can assemble all the twigs and sticks and little bits of things that they use to build their nests. And they need a sturdy enough place, like the crook of a branch, where they can build that nest and provide shelter, where they can lay their eggs and raise their young. Some of you are birders. You know a lot more about this than I do. Clearly, I'm not a birder because I got a bird feeder more for my cat than from the birds, but I am falling in love with the birds. They're so calming to watch. They're beautiful colors. I love listening to their happy chirps and their beautiful melodies. And Jesus sure thought they were important enough to teach about the kingdom of heaven. So listen to this text again with the birds in mind. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it becomes the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. I think if we focus on the growth of the seed into the tree, and in our minds we can't help help but hear that other mustard seed text that we talked about, that a tiny faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains, if we equate those and we stop there, I think we miss Jesus' point. The tree's growth is not for growth's sake. It's not even for the tree's sake. The tree's growth is for the birds of the air, Jesus says, and all the other wildlife that takes refuge in the safety of its branches, in the relief of its shade, in the coolness of its leaves. The seed grows from the tiniest of things into the greatest of things, not for its own sake, but for the sake of the world, for the sake of those who need refuge and safety and shelter and rest. David Rizel is an army captain And tomorrow, June 21st, is the anniversary of the day that changed his life forever. Eighteen years ago, David was stationed in Iraq. He was doing normal, everyday duties, driving from one place to another, when his Humvee encountered a landmine. In the explosion, David lost his foot and part of his leg. He was flown to Walter Reed in Maryland and endured multiple surgeries before he was sent home. Recuperating at home in Colorado with his wife and their new baby, 
David received a number of medals, including a Purple Heart. But he was overtaken by depression. He felt worthless, spending day after day on the couch. One day, David found himself at home alone, and he finally let himself have a big, cathartic cry and started coming to terms with all the ways his life was changing. He got a prosthetic leg and found the strength to begin exercising again. He decided he wanted to stay in the army and work again. He also knew that soldiers needed more than what he was getting. He says, I left Walter Reed unarmed with what I needed to heal. Do you hear the soldier saying he was unarmed with what he needed to heal? He says, there was no established support system to take care of me. Doctors provided physical care, but David needed emotional and spiritual care too. He had those kinds of wounds, not just a physical wound. He paid a visit to Walter Reed and went back to spend time with other amputees. But what he discovered is that he needed more skills in order to truly listen and come alongside them. One day, his church held an informational session about Stephen ministry. David decided to attend, and he felt God calling him to grow his faith as a Christian to serve others. David became trained in the arts of listening and prayer, and while going through Stephen ministry training, he received the news that the army considered him fit for service again. The company that David had served in Iraq with came home, and he went to greet them and welcome them. And that's when he realized he had to go back to Iraq. And so a year later, almost to the day of the anniversary of that explosion with the Humvee, David returned to Iraq. He became the first soldier in history to become an amputee and then return to the same battlefield. This time, though, he had an expanded mission to support his fellow soldiers in the ways he wished he'd been supported. David Rizal knew what it was to be a bird of the air with no place to build the nest that you need. So he learned how to listen and support and nurture. And in his learning and in his journey of healing and in his transformation, he himself became those safe, welcoming branches of the tree. So now others can come to sit in his shade and find shelter and safety in his listening ear. Village Church knows the importance of this too. It's why we have Stephen Ministry and a food pantry and mission sewing. It's why we host anti-racism book studies and sponsor mission trips. It's why we're reaching out to congregations across the city to partner with us 
and placing mental health counselors all over town to remove the barriers to high-quality mental health care. Sometimes, as individuals, when we're the ones hurting and in need of that safe place to land, a mustard seed faith is about all we can muster. We're not all going to be a David Rizal. We each have our own challenges. We each have our own opportunities and our own good that is ours to do. But it's not for us. It's for the world. So be the seed. Be that good soil. Be the tree. Be the healing branches. Because it's all of us working together, doing the good that's ours to do, that adds up to more than a mustard seed faith. So that all of us, you and me and David Rizal, and everyone who needs a break or needs mental health care or a world free of oppression and discrimination or a safe place to build that nest, might be able to do so as we work and live toward the flourishing of God's promised day, God's flourishing kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.